Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's, let's continue in our series on forgiveness here. And we're in part two, and so we're studying the subject of forgiveness together. Last week, we started this new series, and we began by giving a definition to forgiveness and then giving some general framework or parameters to the series that we're covering. And so I want to look at our main text again, which is in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 13. It's interesting, too, how my preaching style can change from one service to the next, depending on what happens. But then we also had two words, we had a word of knowledge in the first service and we had one in this service. And they were totally two different things. The first one was about youthful lust and about different things that people get addicted to and about deliverance for them. And then this one was instructional on how to perceive or see what we're singing about or our fellowship with the Lord and how we receive from him. So uh, the Lord knows everything about everything. Now, I know you have friends in your life that think they know everything about everything, but they don't. But God, the Holy Spirit, knows everything about everything. Amen? You know that the Holy Spirit is the best cook on the planet. Did you know that? He'll tell you what to put in your meal to make it better if you fellowship with him. Some people don't even believe that. Who do you think, whose idea was cooking in the first place? You know what I mean? He's the one that talks about the table. But the Lord knows and meets us where we're at. So concerning the subject of forgiveness, he knows where each and every one of you is at. And so when we look to the word and we look to the scriptures and we look to see what's what's happening in the word and how it speaks to us, and we're going to go into specifically how God loves or forgives us. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You need to latch on to that and receive it. Now, I'm going to make a statement here that has been emphasized to me through this process, but it was emphasized again in the earlier service, which is this. You are not, you can improve in how, in your, in your uh, vision of how God loves you. And I'm going to say this. This is going to be one of the hardest things for you to believe for. Because you know you. What I mean is, you know you from the natural. You know the thoughts that go on in your head that nobody else knows about unless your face alerts them. How many of you have seen that meme on Facebook or whatever? I'm controlling my words. It's just my facial expressions that need to be. (laughs) You've seen that one before? It's funny. You know you. You know what you have done and haven't done. And so in order to uh, develop in any area biblically, you have to embrace in faith the fight to take that truth to yourself. Because the enemy wants you to see you and God at odds. And Jesus said, through him, you're actually in perfect peace together. Even though you sinned this week. I know, that'll mess with your head, won't it? It messes with mine. Because we are trained in unrighteous thinking from the time we're born. Do you know that God wants you healed more than you want to be healed? (laughs) Do you know, now I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if it was trauma from the past. I don't care if you were abused as a child. I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is or abused as an adult. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. You know the hard part of that is? You know you and what you've done, and you go, Lord, eh, I don't know if you do. And I don't know if we fully realize how much doubt we actually function in. If you look at the life of Jesus, at what point did he pull down lightning from heaven like Elijah and kill everybody? In fact, he rebuked his disciples for trying to do it. Come on, think, 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 think. Now why? In fact, he looked at them and he said, you know not what spirit you're of. Ooh. They were quoting an Old Testament passage. God is not dealing with us today like he was in the Old Testament. 
he is not dealing with the world today like he was back then. It's different because Jesus has come. Amen? All right, let's get into it. I can sense we're going to get, this is going to be the posting one. I can feel it. All right. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, and this is our golden text, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. That tells me that I'm to forgive you the way Jesus has forgiven me. Okay, now think about what Jesus went through to forgive me. I am Barabbas, you do realize that, prior to receiving Christ. You are. Well, I never murdered anybody. You did in your heart. Which Jesus said is the same as doing it in the natural. So who needs forgiveness? Everybody. So I need it, therefore I want to give it. You know the passage that talks about uh, removing the plank from your own eye before you remove the splinter from someone else's? Do you know why? Now, you, when you've removed a planks from your eye you'll be gentle with somebody who has a splinter when I read that passage that's what I hear the Holy Spirit say to me the reason why I gave that illustration the Lord did is because if I remove a plank from my eye and I understand what was given to me in forgiveness I will turn around and be very gentle with somebody who's in sin because I know what I had to go through to get freedom. So what does that mean? The more I understand this forgiveness that the Lord has given to me, the more I understand that he, what he has forgiven me of, the more caring, gracious, kind, and merciful I am with other people. Have you noticed our culture likes to ride on the high horse of justice while they're all sinners and going to hell? We all, everybody, everybody needs a savior. Everybody. But in order for us to get free, and, and I'm, what I mean by this, in the spirit you're free. What I mean is in order for you to walk in freedom, you need to understand the freedom you have. which means you need to know how God forgave you. And then you can forgive someone else. Do you remember the passage in Scripture? You may not remember the address, but you'll remember the, the phrase of it. We love him because he first... Which means I don't know how to love you if I don't know how he loves me. And if we can, as we, it's not if we can, I need to say that different. As we gain understanding, our minds are renewed, and we experience and walk in the love of God for us at greater levels, we will walk in greater love toward everybody else. And guess what just happens to be the thing that the world will know before the Lord's return? They will know us by our what? Love. Well, I want to see miracles. We will, by default, living in love. <laughs> you won't even, in fact, you, we live in love strong enough, you won't even need a miracle. <laughs> Come on, think about it. You soak in God enough? You think there's any sickness in God? Is there any addiction in God? Does God have issues of not, of, of getting free and then going back and then getting free and then going back? Come on, how many have ever experienced it? Am I the only one that's experienced this before? What needs to take place? I need to be in him 
And what I mean by that is live in the reality of who I am in him. And out of that will come freedom. What I mean by that is it will manifest itself in my life. I'm not, there is no unforgiveness in the love of God. There is no offense in the love of God. There is no bitterness in the love of God. There is no hurt feelings in the love of God. There is no, we dig up the past in the love of God. In fact, the love of God is so powerful that it takes no account of a wrong suffered. Now think, think, think with me, think, okay? Let me help you think, all right? Listen, 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 listen. You're in the spirit. I was thinking that exact same thing. How many have seen that video? Listen, Linda, 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 Linda. Anyway, all right, look it up later. All right. Think with me. Love takes no account of a wrong suffered. Let me help you. God takes no account. He's not counting up your wrongs against him. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes. I am in. You say, how? Jesus did it. He's so much better than I can even fathom without revelation. I mean, you've seen what man comes up with when they try to put an image to God. The thing has like 60 arms and, or it's bald and chubby and they call it Buddha or whatever. Right? That's their idea of trying to get to God and God's going, you don't have to try, I came to you. You just have to receive what I did. He is Jacob's ladder. You, through faith in Christ, you, you, not the preacher, you, not Pastor Joy, not when you have the perfect worship scenario for you, you can access God's throne now. And you say, why? Because you're forgiven. Well, no, I, I did something wrong. I need to ask for forgiveness. No, you need to receive it. <laughs> Come on, think with me. Think, think, think. Here we go. Linda. <laughs> All right, think. If God has to forgive me again, in other words, if he has to pay for my sin again, Jesus would have to come back and die again. It's done. You're already forgiven. Well, preacher, when I leave here, I'm going to go do stuff I shouldn't. Right. And if you'll receive forgiveness, you're forgiven. Well, I can't stop it. Well, you may not be able to right now, but listen to me. If you just keep coming, keep in relationship with God, eventually he that is greater in you will take over on the outside. And nothing can dominate you. No addiction, no drug, no lust, no envy, no jealousy, nothing, nothing. No limited thinking from abusive backgrounds. None of it will limit you because he who is in you is greater. But that only comes through fellowship. But if you don't believe you can go to the throne, you're not going to fellowship. You're going to hide Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Did I read Colossians 3.13? I had somebody come up to me after the service, or in the first service, and they said, you never read 2 Corinthians 5. I said, yeah, I ran out of time. <laughs> that first service, man, I got a timer on me. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't bother me. I actually kind of like it. It helps me wrap it up. But anyway, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at forgiveness. Forgiveness is the act of excusing a mistake or an offense. You know, some parents need to forgive their kids. Stop being mad at them. Stop it. Well, they're, they're an adult. They should know better. Maybe. Yeah, okay, great. Forgive them. Well, they're doing stupid stuff. We'll pray the stupidity off of them. <laughs> but don't harass them. Leave them alone. Just leave them. I'm talking about, you know, obviously you need, if your kids are in your house, you got a parent. I understand that. 
Not saying you should let them run wild, but they're already out of the house. Some families live in a constant fight. This person calls this person and complains about that sibling, and then that sibling complains to mom, and then mom talks to that sibling. (laughs) If you want peace, shut your phone off. Forgive. Let it go. Your stomach ulcers will heal. They'll heal. Your heart will heal. It'll heal. Talk about your physical heart. It'll heal. Because you're not worrying. Don't worry. Well, we made such a mess of things. Yeah, but you have the one that fixes messes. <laughs> if, I can, if we can get in faith with the Lord and stay there, he'll, he'll take a terrible situation and turn it into amazing things. You know, because uh, we live in a generation, and we are going to Genesis 3, believe it or not. We live in a generation that wants to use a, a, an excuse for everything to not be free or to empower us to be embittered, or I just can't help it, I have to be this way. No, you don't. You don't have to be any way. You can be completely free in Christ. Brother Hagen, I went to Rama uh, Bible Training Center, or Bible College, that's where I went to Bible College, and uh, Brother Hagen was born with a deformed heart and an incurable blood disease. When he was born, I think he weighed two pounds. In fact, it was, it was so long ago that he was born at home and the doctors took him or his grandmother took him out back to bury him in the garden because they just didn't do what we do today. You're talking about the before, you're talking 19, maybe 1800s. It was a long time ago, all right? And as she was taking him out and she could hold him in the palm of his hand, of her hand, he wiggled a little bit. And so she took him back inside and started feeding him with a dropper. And he grew and he developed. And then, of course, his chest cavity, his heart, even his, his blood was orange. So it, it wasn't even red, you know. But his chest cavity, all of that, how many know when babies are born premature, they are not fully developed? So all of that was deformed inside of him. Well, he didn't have healing ministry in his day like we do today. So they said, by the time you're 16, you're going to start to go the way of the grave. And he did. He got to the point where he was completely paralyzed, basically, and he just stayed in bed all day. But he got a hold of Mark 11, 23 and 24. Now watch this. He gets healed just by believing God, believing his word. He said, Lord, I believe I receive healing from the top of, he got a revelation of Mark 11, 23 and 24. He said, I believe I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And he can't, he's in bed. He can't get out of bed. He's paralyzed. And the Lord says to him, well, people ought to be out of bed at this time. He said, you believe you received healing? He said, yep. He said, well, people ought to be out of bed at this time because I think it was like nine or 10 in the morning. Normally, well, people are out of bed by that time. Unless, you know, it's today. So, He propped himself up in his bed and threw his legs over the side of the bed. And he said they fell to the floor like chunks of wood. Because they're completely dead. He has no feeling in them at all. And he scooted himself around, and this bed had a bedpost. And he grabbed onto the bedpost and came out and was holding himself up on the side in the bedpost. He said the room was spinning because he's got a deformed heart. It's not even pumping blood right. And then the doctors told him, even if the deformed heart didn't kill you, this incurable, he had an incurable blood disease. He said that would prove fatal in and of itself because it wasn't even, his blood wasn't even red. It was orange. The, the white cells in there were eating up the red too quick. And so the, it was causing that problem in his body too. The room is spinning. And he said, Lord, I'd just like to declare in the presence of Satan and all his demons, and the angels, and in the presence of God, I believe that I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And he said within just a few minutes, it was like hot honey hit him in the top of the head. And it went all the way down over him, and when it got to his legs, he said it felt like a million pins were going in. Have you ever heard your leg asleep? 
But it was, he, said it, he said, if it didn't feel so good, I would have cried. But he's getting feeling, and he was completely healed. The deformed heart, guys, I'm not talking about like, a, like just a story made up. Mayo Clinic diagnosed him. And he went to, back to a doctor years later, and they said, nobody recovers from, and he went, and the doctor checked him. He said, yeah, everything's normal. Completely healed. He was raised in a home where his dad left all the boys, left the whole family when uh, he was young. Both, all the kids were real young. They had four kids. His mom lost her mind, and he grew up in a home where he'd have to take the knife from her because she was going to kill herself. He's eight. Abandoned father, suicidal mother who eventually got her mind, but she went completely blind because of the stress in her life. And yet, he got healed, traveled the world, and had no unforgiveness in him toward, in fact, met his dad ended up becoming a preacher. In other words, he had every opportunity not to succeed but when you believe God, you've got to see this about God. He's not running from you. I'll put it to you this way. He's on a search and rescue mission, not a search and destroy mission. Amen. Well, uh, these things, the, these people, I, I'd be further along if these people would have treated me better. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You are gonna hurt yourself. And you can come to me and go, uh, pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I can lay hands on you till you're bald. <laughs> and then we can reverse it and get your hair back. <laughs> and it still won't change until you decide God has forgiven me and I'm going to forgive you. Amen. Well, I don't feel like it. It is not about a feeling. It is about faith. The Bible says, while I was yet the enemy of the Lord, he died for me. Do you think he felt like it? Do you think when Jesus was on the cross that he was hanging there going, boy, I just love these people. I just have chills. Uh, how much I love these people that just beat me, shredded me. He didn't feel any of that. What is he acting on? He's acting on the God kind of love. He's acting on agape. What people don't even realize many times is, is the person that, you, that hurt you doesn't even know they hurt you. Now, sometimes, obviously, that could be the case. But listen, love covers a multitude of sins. Love, the love of God, can restore all. There is no situation, and I'm going to say it, this bold. There is no situation that the love of God cannot repair if two people will operate in it. There is nothing this church can't overcome if they'll operate in the love of God. There is no circumstance, there is no sin that people are involved in that if they will, if the church and they will see the love of God demonstrate that they cannot be rescued from. There isn't any. Hitler could be saved. I don't, guys, we've got to get past this in our thinking. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're con a lot of times we vote and do political things and different things like that based on our conviction with the Lord. But you've got to understand this. God is not sending the Democrats to hell. He's not. Well, they've, they've, you know, they promote abortion. And if they repent and give their heart to Jesus, they'll be in heaven. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you. We think that we're that much better without Christ? It's, it's insane to think that. Well, I didn't do what they did to me. Yeah, but you did something. <laughs> I know, it's, 
And then now, top, now, now throw this there on top of that, okay? God loves you and forgives you knowing what you did prior to receiving him and after. Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're in a perfect situation. There's not even, they're, they don't even have a sin nature. They've been told what to do. They walk with God eye to eye in the cool of the day. God tells them in advance, don't eat of that tree. And subdue the garden. I like what Jesse Duplantis says. What was he saying? Snake's coming. Subdue the garden. Snake's coming. The enemy's coming. He told Adam, you have authority, use it. And Adam did what? He sat and watched and then participated. You know, sometimes people think like Adam was off somewhere and Eve picked the fruit and then went to him. No, no. He was sitting there. He was there. And she was deceived and he wasn't. Well, I could understand forgiving somebody if they didn't know. But if they knew better, and yet God forgave us when we knew better. <laughs> Verse 9 in Genesis chapter 3 says this. So they, had, they hid, they did all that stuff. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? Now, I want to read some things to you, uh, some different translations here, a couple of them, concerning that phrase, Where are you? And this is God's forgiving nature right here. In one translation, it says this. God said this. He said to Adam, why are you hiding? Another translation, and I actually heard a minister share this. In the Hebrew, it actually says, why are you where you are? So not where are you, why are you where you are? Why is Adam hiding? Why is Eve hiding? People say, well, it's because they're naked. <laughs> nope. I mean, that's what is implied. Why are they hiding? They sinned. And God enters the garden. He didn't even enter in the moment they sinned. He came at his usual time. Did he know they sinned? All right, I want to read this to you. God doesn't ask questions because he needs information. He doesn't ask questions because he needs information. Being God, he knows everything. Rather, he asks questions for our good, to give us the opportunity to face facts, to be honest and to confess our sins. However, we must not think of God speaking to Adam and Eve the way a cruel master would speak to a disobedient slave or an angry judge to a convicted criminal. It was more like a broken-hearted father speaking in love to, a, to wayward children. So when you or I miss it, is God in a rage? That would seem odd because he believes that Jesus' blood took care of the sins. You say, why is this important? Well, for one, you're going to have to fight for this truth to operate in your life. But for two, it's affecting your faith if you believe opposite. You're going to have, a, you and I will have a hard time receiving from the Lord if we think he's holding things against us or tallying our every move. Because he's not. He has released forgiveness to you. And he's not changing. It's done. You know, people say, well, uh, you have to receive it. Yes, you have to receive it. And that is my point. Receive it for you. People say, well, I've received it. I was born again. I know. But after you got born again, did you make a mistake? Receive forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 it. Confess it to the Lord. Say, Lord, that was wrong. You already knew that. 
but I need to confess that's wrong. That's not who I am. I receive your forgiveness. And he releases forgiveness. He cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Now, look at that from the, from, from the standpoint of you didn't lose your salvation and you gain your righteousness back. Look at it from the standpoint of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Do you remember what Peter said? Peter said, you're not washing my feet, Jesus. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And Jesus said, or Peter said, Peter was a great repenter, and he really did overboard on everything. Right? He said, he said uh, Lord, not just my feet, my whole body. And Jesus said to him, a person who's taken a bath doesn't need to be washed all over. Just their feet need to be washed. And because they had received him as savior, they were cleansed. They didn't need another bath. This world will get your feet dirty. You're not, you're not earning righteousness. You are righteous. Well, then why shouldn't we sin? Because it affects your fellowship. Oh, this is tough. This is, I am, I feel like I'm plowing. But I'm, we're doing good. It's just going to take time to get this into our thinking. Because you know what we're used to? We're used to, no, God's going to dump out his wrath and everybody's going to get fried. You know, it probably should have been done by now. <laughs> I mean, if the Lord was on a seek and destroy mission, you'd be dead. Last time I checked, he's not a bad aim. <laughs> he's forgiving. What is he doing? Where are you? Why are you where you are? The reason why he doesn't want us to walk in sin or live in sin is because it affects us. Listen to me. It doesn't affect him. Did you hear me? It doesn't affect God's character. God is God. You're never going to be able to change him one way or the other. He is God. He is love. He is, for, he is forgiving. I don't change God's character. He changes mine. God is not angry with you. He is not upset with you. He is not waiting for you to make a mistake. He is not holding things against you. He is not stacking up your past, going, yep, you messed it up all these times. You're never going to get free. That is the devil's voice. It is the voice of a stranger. It is the voice of antichrist. It is a lying voice. God looks at you and says, where are your condemners? Well, they're nowhere, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. Is he that or is he not? I know religion tells you you got to go to the priest and you got to dun 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 and so many Hail Marys and woo 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 and all that stuff. Swing the pot of smoke and get dipped in holy water. No, 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 no. The high priest is Jesus. You've been washed in the blood. You're free in Christ Jesus. And let me help you with something. If you think you need to go to the priest, you are a priest. People say, uh-uh, you got to be voted in to be a saint. Uh-uh, I am a saint because I'm born again. The Bible says that. Well, i got to do penance. There's no such thing. None. <laughs> Jesus paid the price. Jesus wasn't like, okay, I'll pay $99. The cost is 100 You pay the other buck. I'll make it easy for you. No, 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 listen. We can't be saved by works. Do you know how the law works? The, the law, how many have ever had a brand new windshield on your car? How many have had one little chip get in it? Isn't that annoying? <laughs> That's how the law works. 
The law is perfectly clear. It's unbroken glass. If you get one chip in it, you've broken the whole law. In other words, the point is, you can't save you. <sighs> I, am, I am loving this. <laughs> I, sometimes, well, I wish I could just like take what I'm seeing and knowing and just put it on you. But you're making progress right now. Because some of you have cracked the mind a little bit. You're a little less hard and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I, maybe he does love me like that. And that glimmer of light's coming in through a cracked door. And now if I can just kick the door open, I'll get the rest of that light in there and all that religion will be puked out. Man, you want to get me going? Let's deal with religious spirits. I will come unhinged. I think I know why Jesus dealt with those guys the hardest. Because Jesus said, look, you, you go over hill, you go to other city and town, and you, you make a convert, and he said, you make him twice the son of hell you are. Whoo! I would have loved to be in that service. I'd have been like, go, Jesus! Preach! <laughs> I'm Pentecostal in background, so... Preach at them. Think about this. People were taking in what they thought was a religion that could get them to heaven and they were headed to hell. He's a forgiver. Watch this. Psalms 86.5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Nehemiah 9. Verse 17 through 21. They refused to obey and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks and they were in rebellion. They appointed a leader to return to their bondage. So God killed them all. Now think, listen, this is the next verse. But you are God, ready to pardon gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. Come on, think about this. These people set up a leader. They forgot about their God. They rebelled against him. And what does he do? He turns around and says, I'm not going to abandon you. Do you know what I've noticed about God? He will go to the very last second to redeem you. God will speak to you when you're on a drug you shouldn't be. You know, people be like, well, I, I shouldn't talk to God. I, you know, I got drunk. While you're drunk, cry out to God. I was in a service one time. And uh, I had, we went to this church service, some friends of mine. And uh, I actually met them there. But they had, my friends had a bunch of, uh, they had a couple of bottles of wine that they slammed, several of them, before they went into the church service. Now, if you're going to do that in a spirit-filled service, just remember, the word of knowledge works. So the minister's preaching along, and he, he stops in front of my three friends who are lit. And he says, you three, come here. I want to pray for you. I'm like, this is the best. He prays for them all. They come back to their seat. One of them looked at me and said, I'm sober. They were all instantly sober. Now, what would most people say should have happened to them? Most religious groups. Fry them. They don't love God. They drank before they went to the church service. But God's not doing that. He's going, 
come here, you little whippersnapper. I will love on you until you don't, you'll, you, 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 the, the smell of alcohol will make you bleh. You'll go, oh, this love that is within me, oh, it's so much better than anything I ever felt or tasted or did out in the world. He's abundant in mercy. One more, uh, it, well, I'll finish up reading Nehemiah 9 uh, in those verses. Even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said, this is our God. So they've rejected God altogether. This is your God brought, that brought you up out of Egypt and worked great provocations. Were they provoking God? Yes, they were. He says this, yet in your manifold mercies, this is God, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. Manifold mercies. How far gone are you? Are you beyond manifold mercies? Because I'm not. I'm not and you're not. I said you're not. I said you're not. You are not. Manifold mercies are yours. God is not looking to destroy you. He wants to heal you. I'm going to stop there. That was Nehemiah 9, 17 through 21, and Psalms 86, 5, and then, of course, Genesis 3. And you can read all of Genesis 3. Guys, God is looking to redeem you. Now, sometimes people think, yeah, I'm redeemed, I'm saved. Right, but are you living in all the blessings that you have in him? And is one of the reasons you're not because you don't believe that you're worthy? Oh, I got to show you a scripture. But it's okay. I got nine seconds. Is that right, Michael? Is that where I'm at? <laughs> yeah, third service isn't yet, so. Go to Colossians chapter 1. I just want to show you this. I was meditating this last night. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. No, I'm going to start in verse 19. You've got to be careful with that because you go back to Genesis 1. All right, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Talking about Christ. Verse 20, and by him to reconcile what? To himself by, by who? By him. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, having made, having made, having made, having made, through your good works. Through all your perfect actions, through the of his cross. Go to verse 21. And you who, were, who, who once were what? Alienated and in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has. You ever reconciled a checkbook? There's a zero balance. Next verse. How did you get reconciled? By his blood, right? You got reconciled in the what? Of his flesh through, and you could say his death, to present you. <laughs> I told you you were holy. You're holy. Oh, no, brother. No. No, sister. No, I'm not holy. Yeah, you're holy. Either Jesus' blood did it all or it didn't. Either it's redemption by grace through faith or it's not. There's only one way. Watch this. Present you holy. Where are you presented holy? Before the Father. And, and above. Do you know what that word reproach means? <laughs> above disappointment. Which means Jesus made me so that I am not a disappointment to my Father. Uh -huh. Woo! Glory to God. 
I have been, I meditated, I woke up in the middle of the night multiple times and I went, I'm holy, I'm blameless and I'm above reproach. I'm holy, I'm blameless and I'm above reproach. I am above disappointment in Christ. The blood worked. <laughs> now, I'm excited about it. But you need to take that verse and meditate that thing. Read it over and over and say it. Get yourself in the mirror, get in front of the mirror and get yourself eye to eyeball in that mirror and say, you, because of the blood of Jesus, are holy, blameless, and above reproach. And even though you're gonna feel uncomfortable, I know I did, you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And what will come up inside of you is that understanding of the reality of righteousness within you and you'll begin to explode in receiving from God. Because Jesus and the Father are not stacking up your sins against you. God believes the word and Jesus' blood worked. And I need to believe that. You know, you'll, you'll sleep better at night. You will. If, if you do that, you'll sleep better at night. Now listen, some of you, I know you've been at this for a long time. In other words, you've been saved a while, but, but let me help you with all of us. There's things you don't know. There's things we don't know. And there are reality. How many ever bought a new car, but you didn't read through the whole owner's manual? And you've owned it for a year and a half and you go, oh, I didn't know it did that. You would have if you'd have read the owner's manual. Pastor Joy, come on. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ if you haven't. And then those watching online, <clears throat> praise God. Maybe you've, every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord and you need to. Um, I don't know, I don't want to assume where everybody's at in here today, but I may never see you again. So I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity to receive Christ uh, just in case I don't see you again. And maybe this message really spoke to you. You're like, man, God really loves me that way. Yeah. And even more. And how you get into that relationship with God and how you receive that forgiveness is by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. The scripture says in John 3, 16 and 17, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I love verse 17 that goes with it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to tell you everything you did wrong. He came that you and the world would be saved through him. Saved, what does that mean? That means you're born again. That means you have a new heart put in you. you. Say, born again, what does that mean? That means that you put your faith and trust in Christ. You confess him as Jesus. You confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then the Holy Spirit comes inside you and removes a stony heart of, uh, of sin and destruction that's in you out and gives you a brand new heart that is full of God's nature. And so if you're in here today or you're watching online and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you know you, know you never have, and you, you're not sure if you're going to heaven when you leave this life, I want to give you that opportunity to receive Christ. If you're in the room, you can raise your hand where you're at and we'll pray with you. If you're watching online, we have people that are watching the live stream. And if you just want to type yes in the comments, and then maybe put a hand emoji up. We can get back and pray for you as well. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Michael, do you see anybody online yet? I don't want to get too ahead of it because I know there's a delay on it. I see that hand. Thank you. Yep, I see it. Yep. 
Anybody else? Okay. Anybody, Michael? Okay. Let's pray. Now, this is going to settle this one forever right here. If you repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent from my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life and all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to him, he will by no means cast out. He also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, for making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, altar care, if you'll come up, praise God, I'm excited. Now, uh, we'll have the altar care up here afterwards. For you who received Christ, uh, you'll see Micah there has in her hand a new believer's box. We wanna get that into your hands. So please come get that. It's got great material in it for you. And then be a part of the family. Amen. Guys, I want to say this. I know we're a little over, but I want to say this. If you're going to grow spiritually, you got to commit to the Lord and to commit to his things. You have to. You can't treat God's things like a, uh, like it's a vacation. Every day, you got to fellowship with him and be a part of a church body. Amen. It's good to see you guys. Bless you. Have a great week. I guess go watch the Super Bowl if that's what you want to do. <laughs> the Lord will forgive you. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Youth group is Wednesday night. And then next week, bring five friends with you. Let's see if we can outdo the first service. All right. Bless you guys. See ya. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.